Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry in Anaheim, California. Living Stream Ministry is the primary publisher of the writings of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. In 1974, Witness Lee began the Life Study of the Bible And we are pleased to be able to bring you excerpts of these original recorded messages in the Life Study of Romans. Ron Kangas has joined us today for more fellowship on Romans chapter 7. Ron, welcome back to the Life Study of Romans. Glad to be back. Ron, today we're going to come to one of the most critical and striking messages in the entire Life Study of Romans. I believe that we will be brought into a view today that will surprise and enlighten us very much. I think it would be helpful if you would read a few select verses from the first part of chapter 7 in Romans as an introduction. Okay, here are the verses, the first six verses from Romans chapter 7. Or are you ignorant, brothers, For I speak to those who know the law, that the law lords it over the man as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he is living. But if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law regarding the husband. So then if, while the husband is living, She is joined to another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. So then, my brothers, you also have been made dead to the law through the body of Christ." so that you might be joined to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the passions for sins which acted through the law operated in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been discharged from the law having died to that in which we were held, so that we serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of letter. Thanks, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee, and we'll be back to fellowship more in just a few minutes. Now, in chapter 7, we have uh, something more to see. That is the bondage of the law in our flesh. Yes, 
We are identified with Christ. That means we are one with him because we have been baptized into him and we have grown together with him in his death and now we are growing together with him in his resurrection. But still two things are existing. One is the law and the other is our flesh. One is the law outside of us and the other is flesh inside of us. In verse 14 of chapter 6, Paul says, we are not under law, but under grace. In chapter 5 and in chapter 6, it has been made so clear to us that we are under grace. How could we be not under law? What do you mean, Brother Paul, to say that we are not under law? Without chapter 7, you could never be clear how we are not under law. After we see just the first six verses, you'll be clear, praise the Lord, that we have all been freed from law. We all have been discharged from law, and now we are really not under the law. You see, in the first six verses, you have two husbands. Then in the last part of this chapter, you have three laws. This is a chapter of two husbands and three laws. Now, who is the husband in Romans 7? You have to understand one verse of the divine word according to the whole Bible. Let's take such a view. What was man's original position in God's creation? A wife's position. Isaiah 54 says, God our maker is our husband. So in God's creation, we the created human beings are a wife. Wife's position was our original position. As wife to God, surely we have to be dependent on God, taking God as our head. This was our original position as a wife, depending on God, taking God as our husband and our head. But man got fallen. So the fallen man became a husband. The man created by God was a wife. But the fallen man became a husband. The fallen man became independent of God and making himself a husband. Ron, we're in a section of scripture here that many people can get lost in. But we really need to understand this because it's very much related to our own experience. We have two husbands and one wife. Help us, Ron, with this picture. Okay, these verses refer to a wife and to a husband. And then the husband dies, 
So the wife is therefore released and free to be joined to another, that is, another husband. In order to understand this properly, we need to see the connection between these six verses from Romans 7 with Romans chapter 6, where Paul says in verse 6, knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be annulled. So here Paul speaks of the old man. In those verses we read from chapter 7, he speaks of the husband dying, and then he speaks of us dying. This indicates the old man in chapter 6, verse 6, the husband in chapter 7 are one person. The old man is the God-created man who should have been, in principle, related to God as a wife to her husband, dependent on him, one with him, loving him. But when sin came in and our being was severely damaged, we became independent from God and acted as if we were the man, the husband. And this is the old man, the husband, trying to keep the law by self-effort. But this husband died when the old man was crucified with Christ. Now, through God's complete salvation, we are recovered to the proper position in relation to God as being his counterpart, his wife. So the thought here is that the husband, the old husband, is our old man trying to keep the law. The law doesn't change. It's the old man, the old husband, who's terminated. Now we, the believers, are regenerated and joined to the resurrected Christ. And we are now his wife, and he is our husband, and we're joined to him as our husband, and we live this wonderful life in the organic spiritual union with the resurrected Christ as our husband. The old husband has died. The old man has died. We have been saved. We have been regenerated. We are joined to the Lord. We are his wife, and he is our husband. This is a wonderful revelation in the Word of God. Thanks, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of today's life study. Do you like to be a husband? You say, yes. God say, okay, I give you the law. <laughs> the law is not for the wife. The law is for the husband. Not the original husband. The original husband was God but the fallen husband. But listen, this law of the old man given by God is not for the old man to keep. You old man cannot keep it. God's intention to give man the law is just for man to break it. 
in order to get man fully exposed. The law is not for you to keep. It is absolutely ready for you to break. Romans 3.20 By law is knowledge of sin. Law is not for you to keep. Law is to give you the knowledge of sin. Without law, you committed a lot of sins. You would give all the things good terms. But law says that is sin. Romans 5.20 But the law entered that offense made abound. My goodness. Oh, Mr. Law. What are you doing here? You entered to cause more sin. More offense. But the law entered that the offense may be reduced. Uh, that the law entered that the offense may be restricted. Well, this is exactly your thought. This is exactly your concept that God gave us the law to restrict us from offense. That the offense may be reduced. But Paul says, law entered to help you to offend more. Law enter that the offense may abide. So the law is not for you to keep. You cannot help but break the law. Love your neighbors as yourself. <laughs> this is the law. Try to love. You can never keep it. Who can keep the law? That is a joke. You say you keep the law. The law was given to you not for you to keep. Now enter that the offense may abide. Ron, let's stop here. This is truly an amazing, even revolutionary view of the law given by God. That is, that it was given not to be kept, but rather to expose fallen man's true condition. This is the purpose for which it was given. Referring to Galatians 3 may help us at least a little. There the law is referred to as a person called a child conductor. In ancient times, the child conductor would lead the little children to school to their teacher. Well, the law was this kind of child conductor to lead us to Christ to be justified by grace through faith with Christ becoming righteousness itself imputed to us. It is a very serious mistake for us to try by our flesh, by the energy of our natural life, to fulfill the requirements of the law and therefore become acceptable to God. This was Paul's history referred to in Romans 7. He was zealous for the law, absolutely committed to the law, exerted all of his strength to keep the law, and he did a pretty good job except for one commandment, you shall not covet. That was in, this refers to an inward matter. 
And so he failed again and again and was in despair. So we need to see why the law was given. It was given to expose us, and it was given to keep us and to guide us to Christ. So now, when this happens experientially, we realize when Christ was crucified, our old man, the person who tried to keep the law by natural strength, and that old man was our old husband, he has died. And Christ, whose death fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law, is now resurrected to be our husband. We believe into him. We have been baptized into him. We're joined to him. And now we are living with him as our husband. We are one with him. We submit to him. We honor him. This is the light understood according to the scriptures as a whole. Ron, that's really helpful. It's a revolutionary view. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study of Romans. The law is given to the old man, but the old man is dead. My husband is dead, so I, as his wife, is discharged from his law. Paul says, the law governs you. You are under his law. But when your husband dies, you are afraid. So what? We are afraid from the law. This is why we are not under the law. Romans 7, 4 says, We are married to the living Christ. Christ today is our new husband. By saying Christ is your husband, you make yourself so dependent upon him, taking him as your head. Now you are depending upon Christ, bearing fruit in resurrection to God, and serving the Lord in spirit. No more in the flesh, but in the newness of Again, the deep thought here corresponds with the depth of God's justification. That God called his chosen people from all things other than God himself into God himself. That God chosen and called ones shouldn't depend upon themselves for their living. But rather, they should depend upon God for their living. This means they come back to God, taking God as their husband. Taking God as their husband means what? Means to terminate, to stop what they can do, to trust in God for everything. We shouldn't live by ourselves. We shouldn't do anything by ourselves. Even we shouldn't be anything by ourselves. We have to be fully terminated. I have been fully notified. I am nothing. Christ is my husband. And Christ is my head. Not only so, 
He is also my person. All the wives have to take the husband as their head as well as their person. Not only so, we have even to take Christ as our life. He is our husband, our head, he is our person, and he is our life. We all have been terminated. We all have become nobody, nothing. He lives in me and he lives for me. Now I am believing in him. I put my whole trust in him. He's everything to me. He's my husband. He's my head. He's my person. He's my life. He's everything to me. Ron, the concept of being a wife to God, even as males, may seem strange or be strange to some of our listeners. Yet the Bible's full of this expression regarding God's people being his wife or his bride. How are we to understand this language? Is this just a poetic metaphor? Let's just consider how the Bible ends. With Revelation 19, the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. Now the wedding feast begins. Then Revelation 21, verse 2, John said, I saw the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, adorned as a wife prepared for her husband. Then later in the chapter, verses 9 through 11, John receives a revelation. The angel said, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he sees the new Jerusalem. The point here is that the climax of the divine revelation in the Bible is a marriage between the redeeming God and his redeemed, regenerated people in oneness with him and one another, to become a corporate person, his wife. So Revelation twenty-two seventeen says the spirit, the process trying God himself, and the bride say, come, they're one. Then we go all the way back to Genesis 2, not good for man to be alone. The man, Adam, typifies Christ. Paul reveals this in Romans. Eve, who came out of him and was presented to him, typifies the church as seen in Ephesians and other chapters. So there, toward the beginning of the Bible, we see the seed of this divine romance. And in the prophets, many times the prophets speak of God's people as his wife, as his counterpart. In John 3, we have this word, the bridegroom is here, and he's here for his wife. In Second Corinthians 11, Paul said, I betrothed you to Christ, your husband. So this is a divine thought, is in God's heart. In Matthew 22, it says, God is like the king preparing a wedding feast for his son. When the Lord returns for the overcomers, there will be the wedding feast for them. They will be the bride. 
And after the thousand years of the kingdom, all the believers in Christ from all the ages will have been prepared and perfected and matured to be the wife. Now, with this as the background, we look into these verses and we see Paul's thought is absolutely and faithfully in line with this precious theme of the divine revelation in the Scriptures. And so God's use of language needs to be understood by the Bible itself. On the one hand, the believers are called brothers and sons of God. So this includes male and female believers, all our brothers, all our sons. But also, the Bible speaks of the believers corporately as the bride, as the wife of the redeeming God. So this obviously includes all the male believers And we need to realize that spiritually speaking, the man, the husband, is Christ himself. And we are part of his wife corporately in relation to him. Of course, in the old creation, in our physical body, we are male and female. That's how God created us in our living and in our relationships. But from God's point of view, All the believers, male and female, in resurrection will be part of the wife, the bride of the redeeming God. Paul realized this. He had the vision concerning this. John had a vision of this. Now we need to understand Romans 7 verses 1 through 6 in this light. We were created to be the counterpart of God. We fell in presumption and rebellion and independence. We usurped the position of the husband, trying to be the man, trying to live independently of God. But this old man, trying to live this way and trying to fulfill the law, was crucified. That means we, as the old husband, were crucified. Now in resurrection, we're joined to a new husband, the resurrected Christ. This is the divine thought embedded in these verses in Romans 7, understood and accurately interpreted in the light of the entire written word of God. Well, this was a significant life study, Ron. These are major points in the book of Romans. I know we'll come back to visit many of them again, and I'm sure that you'll be here for some of these opportunities. Thanks, Ron. I look forward to that. Thank you, Matt. And we look forward to your calls and letters and emails. The phone number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas, I'm Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's one 
543-3788. Thanks for listening.